I was reflecting back on that song, Mark. I remember the very first time I did that song. I don't know how long it had been out before uh, I did it. I, I remember where I was. I was at the Union Gospel Mission. We would go there on a Sunday night and we'd have somebody speak and somebody, you know, preach and, and uh, I gave special music. And I remember that song in particular because <clears throat> that song was uh, the second stanza where it talks about how sweet to hold that newborn baby and uh, the joy. I had to change the word. It, it's he gives in the song, but because our daughter had just been born, and that was in 1973, because she had been born, and that was in September of 73, that I did that song, I had to sing it she, because I didn't have a he. And so that is, uh, I, I guess, the uniqueness and the relationship I have with the song. And it's, it's like certain songs carry a, oh, what should I say? It, it just it carries some special memories, thoughts, and uh, does something special for you. Those that uh, do not play instruments or sing, um, I'm, in, in a sense, I feel sorry for you. Uh, when, when I learned how to play the accordion uh, many, 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 many years ago, uh, I didn't realize the importance of it at the time, but that it, it has a unique way in which it nurtures the heart. <clears throat> and I didn't realize the nurturement of the heart until after I got saved. I trusted Christ as my Savior in 1970. <clears throat> and then, after that, then I picked up, uh, picked up my accordion, because I hadn't played it for several years there, and I picked up my accordion again, and then I started playing it, and, and of course, I started doing Christian songs, and that's when I was introduced uh, to the hymn book, and uh, Nancy usually feared when I'd get up to play because... I wasn't that familiar with the songs, and so it was. Uh, there was a, a few strange notes that would slip in along the way that were not intentional. Uh, they weren't written in the music, but uh, and they weren't really intentional on my part. But uh, you know, it, it took me a while to work my way back through that, and uh, I get to a point now where I can uh, pretty well uh, cover up mistakes uh, that. that it may not be so obvious anymore, but um, <clears throat> the the joy of being able to play and, and to share music. Now music uh, has a resonance from my heart, and uh, just like the songs that I pick for uh, for the services are, are songs that uh, that I I put my mind and my heart into in order to uh, try to convey to you and, and help you have a song that you can carry perhaps with you throughout the week. 
because uh, when the tough times come, it's good to have a song in the heart. <clears throat> and I like the, uh, what, what Paul said uh, about uh, that we're to have a melody, making melody in our hearts, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, but, but it's, it, it's in our heart and it's unto God. And it's not so much to one another. We can do that to one another. But having a song in your heart that you can sing during the day unto God, I'll tell you what, that, that can really bring a level of joy and, and connection again during the day with God in your life. And it's something that you need. Uh, we need to... To latch on to his presence during the day, not just on Sundays and special days and that, but, but every day we need to, to enjoy his presence. <clears throat> Never understood that until after I got saved. And uh, I gave the Lord my life. I said, take my life. I wanted him to take my life and use it as he saw fit. And that's still fresh in my mind. And it is still... Uh, the desire of my heart that until I die I want my life to be used by the Lord and I want him to uh, approve and we're familiar with that word I want him to approve of my life my relationship how I deal with other people as well as um, how I'm able to serve the Lord A few months back, <clears throat> and I've shared a little bit of uh, the testimony that I had uh, concerning my time in St. Vincent, and uh, nine, some nine, ten weeks there, uh, that was a nice time period in which I was able to share things out of the Word of God um, with only five students, but... Uh, I've learned that it's not really only. <laughs> you don't have to have a large group or a large crowd to uh, do the Lord's work. One-on-one uh, -on -one is also very effective and e efficient. And, and I, there were classes, there was a class, one particular class in theology that I only had one student. So we had a unique close time together. There was a, a couple classes where I had all five of the students. And that was, that was good, that we could share certain things. Um, I stopped and I, I reflect back on that. I taught four classes. One was theology. One was history, Baptist history. Uh, <clears throat> another one was survey, the Bible. It was Old Testament survey. And then another one, the last one, was practical Christian living. And that was just how to live the, the Christian life in a practical way. In your decision making, uh, in understanding your makeup, understanding that God has seen fit to give us a spiritual gift to minister to the brethren. I think a lot of times... 
we look at people and we say, hey, now, now that person over there, uh, they got all these talents and all these gifts, all these abilities in their, their human life, and they would be a great asset to the work of the Lord. You ever think that way? That thought ever passed through your mind? It possibly has. And, but really, when I look at it through the scope of Scripture, I find that, you know, that's not really the case. God, God looks at the foolish things to confound the wise. He takes people that were fishermen and turned them into rulers. The, the disciples wanted to know, well, what, what are we going to have because of our following him? And uh, those are a group of men that know exactly what their position in the kingdom is going to be and what they're going to be doing. We, uh, we're yet awaiting. And uh, we're not privileged, perhaps, as they were to know exactly what they were going to do. They, Jesus told them, he says, well, you're going to be ruling over the... Each one of you is going to rule over a tribe of Israel during that millennial kingdom. And I thought, wow, God has some things that he wants to reveal to us specifically and for us to know. Other things, uh, we're going to have to hang in there and wait. But as I reflect back on that time in St. Vincent, I came across the verse a few days ago that kind of caused me to think the, the spirit, I believe, led my, my mind and my heart to think in relationship to what I was doing there, what I wanted to do, and, and really it wasn't so much me, it was the Lord. And so being where God wants you to be, if you want to call that a title for the message, that could be, that could, that could do it. But uh, being where God wants you to be. And that thought crossed my mind as I read through a familiar verse in the book of the Revelation, chapter 1 and verse 9. <clears throat> and a verse that we're familiar with. And, uh, and I just want to direct some thoughts through that verse because... It, it, it helped me to relate to my time there in St. Vincent and then uh, when Nancy got down there, then also our time in, in Trinidad. And, and in this verse, John writes, I, John, who am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and uh, patience in Jesus Christ. I, John, was in the isle that is called Patmos. For. The preposition for. For the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, 
some commentators in the past have reflected and said, well, you know, John was there because of his preaching, and that, that's a good possibility because he because of his evangelism and his preaching and that, and it stirred up problems and they exiled him there. I think it was more than that, really. That might have been the human side of the story, but I think the divine side of the story is what we really need to pay attention to. John was there because God wanted him there. We can look at incidences in our lives in, in the same framework through the eyes of ourselves of man we're there because of we're here in this particular situation because of uh, certain man-made or man-organized reasons but now on the divine side we are where we are or we are where we should be because that is where God wants us to be. And it was that thought that crossed my mind reflecting back on that time in St. Vincent. Because it wasn't a matter of me being there just to teach. That's the human side. I was there to, to teach the Word of God. But the second part of, of verse 9 here, the, the last part, and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Well, the testimony of Christ in my life, what he had done in my life, is what brought me there because I shared my testimony with them. And now my testimony wasn't just that. There came a day in my life that I saw that I needed to trust Christ as my Savior. And I knew that he died for my sins. And so I put my faith and my trust in him for something that I could not accomplish and, and do myself, that was namely pay for the penalty for my sin, I had to trust on what Christ had done for me. And then, as time went on, and I mean years went on, schooling, then mission work, but then in 1995, 96, God moved my awareness to, the, to, to his style of working and his purpose of work in my life to a higher level of understanding and understanding that is for greater things. And, and it went from my head to my heart. It was truths that I had known in my head before, but now it rested in my heart and now it did, it did a heart work. And that's, that's where God is aiming to work in each one of our lives. And, I, and my heart was right because I wanted what he had to offer. I was ready and willing to receive the words, his word, and the understanding of that, of his word, I was, I was willing to receive that because I wanted to know, not just to know, but I, I wanted to be all that God wants me to be. And I hope that is the passion of your heart. And I, I wanted that to become 
known to those students in St. Vincent, not just that I would go there and, and, and give them educational information about the Word of God. That would get them a degree and so they can move on with other things in their lives. No, it, my concern for those young people was, was greater than that. Now that was part of the reason I was there. But yet, what I, my real target was their heart and their life. Because that is what God is after. That's what God is interested in. But it was in 95, 96, when, when, when Alan and I, because of God's divine providence, that he brought the, us together on a new level of friendship and relationship. But not just us together, but, but to be able to, to grab a hold of the horns of the altar of God and say, I want to know more. I want more of what you have to offer than just knowing that I'm born again. Knowing that, that there's now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And I still want more. I, I, I want more intimacy with Christ because I know it can be had. And so where John said he was in Patmos for the sake of the word of God, I was in, I, I can envision myself and I see myself back in, in St. Vincent and in, in Trinidad and because of the word of God. That was the purpose for being there. It wasn't for a, 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 a nice place, and, and we enjoyed it. I mean, Nancy and I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed drinking coconut water and, and uh, uh, spooning out some coconut jelly. If you, if you don't understand coconuts, you know, that might not ring your bell. But coconut, not all coconuts are created equal. They're different flavored nuts. There's different kind of coconuts. They're different stages in which a nut develops. And in that jelly stage, it's, it's nice. Now, Nancy doesn't like the real jelly jelly because it's, it gets kind of slimy and slippery. And, 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 you know, in your mouth, that weird. But the flavor is, ah, it's delightful. Then it gets a little bit harder. And uh, still a little pliable, kind of rubbery and, and, and nice to chew. But then it can get hard, and, and then that's a different story. And then you can start to grate that, and you can cook it, uh, cook with it. And, uh, but not all coconuts are created equal. There are different aspects and levels of growth and maturity in a coconut. And the same thing in, in people's lives, in your life and in my life as a Christian. There are different levels of growth for maturity. And, and I want to grow. And that, that's just my personal desire. And I hope that is, is your personal desire, that you want this for yourself as well. This is just between you and God. 
There are no other people in between this. It's between you and God. Other people will come across your pathway that desire the same thing. And sometimes, and, and I, I guess a lot of times, God will bring people across our pathways to carry us, to help lift us up, and also for us to be able to lift up others. And so when I, when I, I look back on our, my time there in St. Vincent, it was there for the purpose of, of the Word of God, not just to teach truth about the Word of God, but teach the reality that, that they can learn to live and have a relationship with God. That, that was practical Christian living. And that was a large part of the course. But not only did I, I teach in the classroom, uh, before Nancy got there, I spent most of my afternoons working with the fellows outside. Number one, I needed the exercise. Number two, I enjoyed that. Number three, that's, that's what we used to do. That's what I used to do when I was in, in, in St. Thomas and, and working there at the Bible College. But, uh, but the thing was, that now I see is a time for mentoring. And we would talk and discuss things about the Lord outside as we work together. And we developed a relationship. I wasn't there just, just for a teacher-student type uh, thing. No, I was there because these people have now become a part of my life. God has brought them across my pathway, and I had not only a responsibility to teach them uh, as the Holy Spirit would direct uh, it, to teach them truths concerning Him and His Word, but then too to encourage them to develop a relationship with God. And that's the same driving force that I have when I go to Argentina to, to teach there. And, and what a blessed time to teach. I go to a Spanish-speaking country. And what, what sticks in my mind is that I can only share what, what, what is laid, what's laid upon my heart. I, I need to share it in simple English because those translating a lot of times do not have a theological background in a theological Spanish dictionary background to be able to translate. So you got to keep what you're going to say simple so it can be understood by the translator. Then the translator has to put it in into his words in the Spanish and, and to get it to the people. Then the people receiving it, they, they have to absorb it. they, they got to process that. That, that what's being said, and how can, how can anything be done? I know it can't, it's not, anything is accomplished because of me, but it is accomplished because of the Spirit of God. And, and, and I've learned the reality of learning to trust the Spirit of God to do His work in the lives of other people. And the same thing is true even if I'm speaking in English. If there's anything that, that penetrates to your heart from what I'm, I'm sharing this morning, it's not because of me. It's because of the Spirit of God wants to get some truth across to you that you need. 
the Lord is my shepherd. Is he yours? It's he that, that leads me into the paths that I should go. Does he do that for you? He wants to. And, and that's what I was trying to get across to the students there in St. Vincent. The Word of God and the studies of the Word of God are not just to accumulate knowledge within the, in our minds and, and we look upon that as spiritual growth and development because we know more, we've, we've grown in knowledge. Well, yeah, we grow in knowledge, but, but that's not what God is after. God is after us growing in intimacy with Him. There was a young man in St. Vincent that was from Africa. Some of the students we call by their first name, some by their last name, depending upon the difficulty of the name, which was harder to say or easier to say. <laughs> the boy from Africa, his name was Akeki. And uh, he was not Baptist in background, but he was Pentecostal in background. And so he didn't quite fit into the group, but yet they got along for the most part uh, with the other students in that. But they, it, he was different. But yet when I, when I would speak about the spiritual aspect of the things of God in class and the truths, he was real quick to get, grab a hold of that and understand that. Where some of the others, I think they wrestled with it on a, on a different level. But he, would come, he came to me several times and he said, you know, I appreciate that emphasis. He said, I relate to that. He, he knew what I was talking about. And I was, I was glad to be there for such a time as that. Because he's only there for like a couple years and then he's... He's looking to move on and do some other studies in that. But, but I think, you know, you're in a place because of the needs of certain people and God brings you together so that God can make some things known to you that will benefit you for the rest of your life. And so when I look, look back over the, the time frame that I was there. I tried to relate to the students that they needed to understand the importance of having a hunger for the Word of God, not for an academic purpose, but for a personal purpose. We need to have a hunger for the Word of God. And I asked God, and I told them too, I said, ask God to reveal his truth to you in his word because that's something I cannot do. I could give them the academic approach and understanding, but the Holy Spirit would have to, he wanted to put it in the heart and there was something there that he wanted them to relate to, and, but only he could do that. I could not do that. And, and there, there are things that God wants to get, get into us that only he can get into us and into you and you have to ask him. 
I think a lot of times we, we find ourselves deficient in, in, in the word and understanding. Not, not the technical aspects of the word, but the practical aspects. We don't have that because we don't ask for it. Paul prayed specifically for those that he ministered to. He prayed that, that, that they, would, they would increase in the knowledge, but not only in the knowledge, but in their walk with the Lord. Because that is what's important. A hunger for His Word. And I tried to, to encourage them to, to develop that hunger, to ask God. If you don't ask God, sometimes we just never know when we're hungry. But ask God. This is for you personally. This is between you and the Lord. But then the second thing was that dependence upon the Holy Spirit. Oh, we know the, the, the truths in, in the scriptures that relate to the Holy Spirit given to us to teach us. Get, given to us to guide us. Ephesians 1.18 not the King James translation, but, but I was reading this one, and, and it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Because it's a heart matter. And we need to learn that we have to depend upon the Holy Spirit to reveal His Word and to teach us His Word. Otherwise, we're not going anywhere with God in His Word. Because it'll be just basic rhetoric, basic education. And so not only the realization and the importance of hungering for God's Word and our dependence upon the Spirit of God in relationship to God's Word. But then the third thing, when I look at this verse in John chapter 1, verse 9, John was there for a purpose, for a service. And God is doing a work in your life and in my life in order that we might encourage others. And that's our service. That's our service one to another. As it says in Hebrews, that we, we gather together to encourage one another, and we need the encouragement. And you need to realize that you need encouragement, and we need to realize where our encouragement is to come from it's to come from other Christians. And we need to understand that we need to not only receive encouragement from others, but then we need to give encouragement to others as well. Again, relating to those students. Those students, students typical students in any school, they got problems, they got grumblings. Grumblings and complaints, you know, about different things and different. 
It was the same when I was in school at Tennessee Temple, and I learned that I couldn't focus upon all the things that were going on around about me. I had to keep my focus on the things of God, my purpose for being there. My purpose for being in school was to learn. And that's, that's what I focused on. And so I didn't focus about the things on the sidelines that were trying to pull me in this direction or pull me in that direction. We lean to learn to focus in the problems that we have in the days if we don't focus on the Lord and allowing Him to be actively dealing with those problems and taking them to Him and talking with Him about them and praying about them and asking for divine intervention. Then we don't get it. We miss it. Serving, not over, only hungering, not only learning our dependence upon God and, and the Spirit of God, but then our responsibility in serving God. And those, those are the three things that I really wanted to get across to the students there. But you know, those are the same three things that, that each one of us need. We need to camp out on these three areas in order that we might grow as a Christian, in order that we might help others grow, in order that we might do the work of the Lord. That is the work of the Lord. And so the question is, where do you fall in the place? Do you see yourself in... Chapter 1, verse 9 of the book of the Revelation. Do you see yourself in a place where God has brought you for His purpose? To reveal John? Ha. Boy, did God ever unload some revelation on him there. Uh, we need to be in a place where God can reveal revelation. We need to spend time with the Lord in His Word and ask Him to reveal truth for us for this day that will help us for the next day and for time to come. And then the testimony. John could testify of what Christ had done for him and that needs to be what our testimony is. What, what is God doing in your life today? I know what he did in my life back in 1970. And I can go down through the years and I can tell you what he has done in my life since then. Key times. But now, today, what is God doing in my life today? If you don't look for it, you'll never see it. If you never ask him to reveal it, he may never show it to you. But he's there. And, and, and that was the burden. When, when we left St. Vincent, we went to Trinidad, it was different. It was a different story. Because there we were going back, and I kind of felt like I was, I was following doing the, the work like the Apostle Paul did, going back to those that we had ministered to, and, 
and checking up on them and trying to encourage them and then to see how things were going and how things were developing. And that was exciting. Because several of the people that I got a chance to talk with that I didn't talk with before on that level, they shared with me things that encouraged me that the Lord has continued to work in their lives and I was just a part of the work in the past. God continues His work. He continues His work in us and He continues His work in other people. And what is He doing in you? And what does He want to do in other people through you? And so I, I trust and pray that that you'll analyze your life. Where are you? John was exactly where God wanted him. <laughs> Might have been some human situations that put him in that position, but it was divine in positioning for him to be there for the work that God had for him to do. What is your need today? Do you, do you need to ask him to reveal more of Him and His Word in your life? Do you need to be saved? Do you need to trust Christ as Savior? Whatever the Spirit of God is saying to you, that is what you need to respond to. And so, Father, we look to Your Spirit to continue to do that work. That work which we do not do, but the work that You do. Convicting of sin, opening the doors for, for repentance, showing us the way, the pathway of life, leading our footsteps, guiding our minds and our hearts. Do the work that you desire to do this day and in the days ahead, that it might honor and glorify thee, that it will be preparatory work preparing us for our time when we can serve you in the age of the millennial kingdom and then beyond that. And for what you do, we will thank you and we'll praise you. For it's in the name of the Lord Jesus that I pray. Amen.